Hey, Sean and Russell, it's Norman and Jody from Gotta Run Racing. Thanks for the Chase the Coyote shout out. And no, polls are not allowed at Western States. Cheers. Cheers. From the trails to the road to the track. If it's running, you'll find it right here on Trail Tales ARP. Run wild. Hello, everybody. It's great to be back with you here in podcast land. Welcome to another episode of Trail Tales ARP running podcast. Sean Sobon and Russell the Runner with you and we have a duo a dynamic duo with us today and i'm not talking about batman and robin but we've got pete and heidi meads from huron county and they've got some remarkable stuff to talk about um using their running to uh inspire communities to uh do well for the environment and uh pete and heidi welcome to the show thanks for being here thanks for having us hey yeah thanks uh thanks for inviting us absolutely so russell you found pete and heidi so how did that how did that happen? How did you hunt these two down? Absolutely. So uh, my cousin, uh, Leanne, uh, brought up uh, that Heidi and Peter uh, are, are do, do you prefer to go by Peter, Peter? Either are. Yeah, both. <laughs> Either are. Yeah. Uh, so Leanne brought up uh, Pete and Heidi uh, being ultra runners. She knew that I'm an ultra runner in myself, so she thought that it'd be a great idea to connect with Pete and Heidi. And, and so from there, I sent them a Facebook request and uh, here we are now. And happy to have you both on the show. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Leanne lives about what, five or six doors down from us. (laughs) So she's our neighbor. She's been our kids teacher. So yeah. But uh, I mean, the community is pretty small. There is no one on the other side of her. So there's only five houses (laughs) now. But yeah but still but yeah it's so pretty cool the other side yeah. of still she lives <laughs> awesome awesome so you know um russell's done a lot um with his running and uses his running to kind of to do good and he's raised a lot of money for charities and things like that all sorts of different organizations and you guys kind of went down that same path by using your running to kind of inspire others and to do good out there and, and set out good vibes so um let's kind of get into the the beginning of that and i want to start off with um the the enviro run in 2020 pete your county cleanup run um you guys sent an article um from cbc about that run so i'm going to put that in the show notes but uh why don't we talk about how that run got inspired and and what it kind of led to yeah i think um so as the um pandemic pandemic was sort of unfolding there was a you know, a lot of uncertainty when the, um, the talk about, you know, this could be a serious thing in, in, I think it was February, mm-hmm. we started to hear sort of grumbles about it. And we had planned our trip to Arizona um, for March. So Heidi was running the Antelope Canyon uh, race. So just a 50, 50 kilometer around the uh, rim of the Grand Canyon. So we were heading to Page, Arizona. Um, we left on the Tuesday before March break. Um, so we were 
essentially arriving in Arizona just as it went full blown. Um, they were, by the time we had left, they were talking about a travel ban, um, possible, you know, there was, there was all these things up in the air. And then as we, we got there, my daughter was texting me and she was like, they canceled the rest of my school year, which was uh, University of Guelph. So that wasn't too alarming to me because there was probably three weeks left before they were on exams. So uh, then I just sort of noticed that it was becoming more of a, you know, a crisis. Um, and I thought for sure, there's no way they're gonna let this race happen, but they did. And so I just sort of kept all of these thoughts and texts from back home away from Heidi because she was preparing for the, uh, the 50k the next day so our neighbor had flown down um and by the time and to run as well and by the time she got to the airbnb she was like yeah it was really weird <laughs> she was telling us about her traveling and uh by the time the next day the girls had you know run their race and her her hotels were canceled her flights were canceled she had a rental car which we were like okay let's just head back so um you know, that was a, it was a 20, maybe a 30 hour drive, I guess, yeah. at that point. Um, so in my head, I have a lot of plans for races that are probably not happening. And I can see what's sort of on the horizon. So at that point, um, I started, you know, as a runner, you get sort of panicked uh, when you're preparing for something. I mean, to me, it just felt like an injury. You knew something that you had planned for was not happening. And it just, it was, it was a pretty heavy feeling along with the uncertainty of what yeah, was Yeah, there's kind on. of like this search for normalcy when that's all happening as well. So although there's a million other things going on, you're just like, okay, what, what can I do to like focus and try to keep, keep on the train I'm on? So. So I think, you know, true of the running community, people sort of rallied together and um, the, the guys from the Barkley Marathon put on that um, virtual race across Tennessee. So I think it started May 1st um, and you had till... Uh, I think it was like September? Was this September a long 1st, weekend? yeah, yeah. Uh, to, to finish it. And so I, I was just like, you know, anything on the horizon at that point was just so amazing. So I just, I ate it up. And I think I finished it in... Uh, five weeks. So at that point, um, running all of these areas, um, you know, like I have the, my normal route that that I had run, but when you're trying to bite into, you know, 1,024K, um, I was like, I've got to break this up because just mentally it was daunting um, running the same thing every day after day. So started hitting sort of different areas than I would normally run and at that point um you know i i'd come home i was sort of talking to heidi about like i can't believe the amount of trash that is off to the sides in the in the uh in the ditches, in the ditches. everywhere and it was like you know i mean we drive around here we live around here and it was enormously um you know we we, we noticed it more than um normal mm -hmm. so I was kind of blown away by that because, you know, like it says, you know, like when 
the world is sort of falling apart. Everyone's baking bread and, <laughs> you know, everyone started the a gardens. garden and like all of this stuff. Us included. Yeah, no, <laughs> absolutely. I mean, we, we got right in there, but it's like, it to me, it was just kind of this funny sort of um, scenario where like ev- the world's falling apart. Everyone, there's so much uncertainty and we're, we're all turning to the earth to, you know, nurture some food and, and yet we're, you know, tossing stuff out the windows essentially um, as well. So I just, you know, we were, we had, we had talked about it and I was like, I like that, I completed that challenge. And I was like, there's no way that's enough for me right now. Like mentally I need um, just something. So I had talked to Heidi about it and I was like, do you think that's crazy? Do you think it's possible? Do you think and so it was every road in here in county, which I think was like roughly 2,900. It was 3,100. 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Around 3,000 kilometers. Yeah. So, and, and we had a time frame because the weather here is not awesome. <laughs> so yeah. we're like, okay, in the fall to winter. So it's like, okay, can you do this over the summer? And how can we get the community to kind of rally behind it? Because that that's kind of the point, right? Like we want to share the running journey, but also if you're going to kind of take that initiative to, you know, get a jogging, uh, jogging stroller and pick up trash for the entire summer, like you want to kind of make that worthwhile in that spreading the message um, is just as important as completing the task, which um, we were pretty lucky. Like we had a lot of community sponsorships and, um, different organizations that kind of had crews that wanted to jump in and, and do parts of the run. So it was, it was pretty cool to watch. Yeah. So I, sorry. Sorry. Go ahead, Pete. Uh, there's so, there's so much to unpack here. I mean, that's <laughs> such a phenomenal map. I, I mean, so I want to start with the Antelope Canyon driving about 30 hours to yeah to Arizona to experience that. So tell me, tell me about that experience, uh, Heidi, and, and you uh, doing the Antelope Canyons. And, and I, and I also want to say you're both inspirational leaders in your community for, uh, for starting uh, the cleanup uh, uh, throughout all of that. And then for you to, for you to just clean up and, and have just be leaders in your community based on all of the uh, the garbage that you were seeing on the side of the roads. It's beyond phenomenal. So you're you're both intre- incredibly inspirational uh, leaders in your community. Oh well, thank Appreciate you. That. Yeah. Um, so Canyon. So that was my very first ultra. Actually, it happened two years ago today yeah. because I just had a Facebook memory to, to tell me that. So that was pretty cool. Um, so it was my first ultra. I had no idea whether I could run that far or if I could, what I would look like by the end. So um, I searched and I found Antelope Canyon. Actually, that's not true. I, I was searching myself, but also my neighbor, Nancy, our neighbor, Nancy, across the road. She was the one that we met there. Um, she's done, it was through vaca- vacation races and they have some pretty cool um, destination races. So she kind of put the bug in our ear. Um, 
so I'm like, well, if I'm going to run that far and attempt it and have a goal, then it better be nice. <laughs> it better be nice scenery along the way. So that's really how it went. And um, yeah, I mean, it was a bit daunting. I've been a runner for a number of years, but never anything of that magnitude. So um, I also I, I got to I got to interrupt here because I I will say this, like, how do you never run um, an ultra? But the this ultra was, it was <laughs> beyond insane. So it had rained so much the previous three days before that they laid down sand in areas that they should not have. Like, it just, it was like sand. So she ran 20 some odd kilometers of the 50K in just fresh sand so running on the beach essentially it rained it like it <laughs> Where was, I was so windy I was, it was i was sick in my stomach watching it i was just like <laughs> oh man <laughs> she's never gonna do another ever but yeah yeah i mean at the starting line it was so windy and there was sand whipping everywhere and nancy uh, and i are excited at this oh. point so we were okay with it because we just wanted to get we, to like horseshoe bend there's so much in front of us but like 10 minutes in we're just like oh my god <laughs> this is gonna be a long day um but then it, it did calm down and then and then it rained and it did a whole bunch of things which was normally is okay but like yeah wading through sand it was it was not what i expected but it it turned out okay like i trained a lot in the snow which helped actually at the time I thought it was going to help but I wasn't sure but it it did it's the same kind of like plogging along that uh and looking to happen and looking back there is no way we didn't get COVID while we were there like when <laughs> yeah. I when I look back the on the aid stations. stations it's just like people reaching in hands <laughs> grabbing stuff I'm like and thinking like back on it now all over what, the world, what were we thinking yeah. like it was absolutely insanity it was, it was insane but anyway it was a lot of fun like I Pete's like, there is no way I would have done that. Like, no. there's no way, but like, I don't know. I, I was hooked after that. And I think that's kind of with ultra running, like either you either are, or you definitely are not doing another well, that's one. But that's the other great, <laughs> like, that's the great thing. And as I was saying to Heidi, I was like, it will never be that hard. Like you will never do a harder ultra than that. <laughs> just simply because Maybe. of the sand, like it just won't I mean that. 20 miles of sand there's no dispute in that every yeah. step is earned in that and that's a phenomenal accomplishment especially for your first ultra marathon <laughs> yeah. pete i i want to dive into so with the the rate the virtual race across tennessee a thousand and a thousand and twenty one kilometers in five weeks i was doing the math in my head there is that is that nearly 20 it's about nearly 20 miles per day for five weeks correct yeah in which that's phenomenal and i was reading on the in, inherit your your brand's website inherit the earth that you were you finished about 800 800 and i think it was 90th yeah. out of tens of thousands of participants 20, which is such a phenomenal accomplishment and so as you're running that type of distance every day for five weeks, how did you manage your nutrition? Uh, tell me about some of the low points you, you went through in, in that five week span and how you overcame them. I mean, it's such a phenomenal achievement. 
Um, you know, I think honestly, it was um, really. I want to. I don't want to say that it, there wasn't super dark times, but there really wasn't in the grand scheme of it. Like it was just when I think back to how much I must have needed it. Um, it, it just it makes me realize. Uh, you know, I think we did pretty well. Um, in the beginning of the pandemic. Um, we have an entertainment business, which is based solely on live music. Um, and I think, you know, there must've been a realization that that was not going to be restored this year, which I think really pushed me um, to my limits. And when you get pushed to your limits, you realize that they're not actually limits. They're just sort of perceived limits that you had. And when you can push past those, they become the new 5K. So for me, it was about just learning to um, use my body in ways that I hadn't, I think. Um, and also listening to my body, for sure. But there was so much momentum going with it um, that I felt great. And as far as nutrition goes, I didn't really like, I, I brought calories um, but you know, it's always endurance tap, um, is sort of our go-to, um, but that's really all that I brought. Um, and you know, like I was lucky I was pushing a stroller, so I had unlimited amounts of, um, <clears throat> sort of, uh, whatever you needed. Yeah. I yeah, mean, I could like bring anything water, along for the cleanup like, portion, yeah. but during the race across Tennessee, it was just sort of like, you know, I was just moving. I was going um, and, you know, I think my body really, like the toll on my body um, wasn't really anything until I started doing the cleanup. And, you know, I was, I was doing a half marathon a day during the cleanup or more, but never less than a half marathon. Um, and running down the ditches and back up was, it was hell. Like it was, it wreaked havoc on my body and. Because you can't have proper form <laughs> for very long pushing. And, and a, you can't train stroller, for right? running up and down ditches <laughs> is what I, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's good training for other things, um, doing that stuff, but yeah, there was a, a point where, um, in I think it was in September or late September early October yeah. I remember driving past roads that I had cleaned and this was getting towards the end of it right but I, I was almost in tears seeing all the garbage off to the sides and I like I, I'm not a power emotional person <laughs> just but, be like I just I just but it did was this. it was so connected I to what I was doing and it. my body was so beat up that yeah. I was like I just cleaned this like I just cleaned this. And at that point I had to take a step back and I just put the stuff away for a couple of weeks and just went out and run. And my body like needed that so much. It was just getting back to the thing that I liked, which was just running. And it was like, it just felt so free. It's a, it felt so um, good for my body. It was like the opposite of a workout. It was just so amazing. And then we just sort of jumped back in and finished it off. Wow. I mean, you know, it, it really does say a lot to, 
to run all those miles and pick up all that trash and then, and then kind of have that experience. I mean, I, I can't imagine how kind of disheartening that would be at the moment. And, you know, great to realize I need to take a step back here and just kind of reset, right. And keep on going. But, but I mean, you know, from my perspective here, just sitting, like I saw the pictures of, of the amount of stuff that you collected on your own <laughs> and that, that is a big impact. And I think that, um, inherit the earth is really from what I from what I've read is that you're trying to like you know inspire communities at that level right and and really I think you know when you want to make an impact on the world you can't necessarily impact the whole world at once but what you can do is impact the world around you right and then there's kind of a ripple effect and then you can make waves there so you know if, if your story inspired one or two people just pick up some trash in their community or, or you know have organized some sort of community event then then you're making that that big impact, right? And I think it, it's great. You got to keep doing that work. So so kudos to you on that for sure. I just want to throw that in there. Yeah. yeah. Um, I wanted to ask a, a little bit about the trash. Now, I think it was an episode or two ago, me and Russell were kind of talking about weird things that we found while running on the side <laughs> of the road. And, and I, I always find banana peels. I don't know why. Banana peels is a thing I find. I've found some other weird stuff too. But did you find anything like that you didn't expect to see on the side of the road when you were collecting, collecting all this stuff? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think uh, yeah, I found some adult pro un unused adult products that I was just like, what? Yeah, so we sort we sorted all the gar garbage in the backyard, and yeah. we've got like recycles over over here. We've got the trash over here, and <laughs> so I think was it Micah? It was one of the kids grabbed like this bag and was like, "Hey, what's this?" And we're just like, "I don't know." Look at it. We're like, "Okay, yeah, that's <laughs> never mind." Oh, oh. yeah, it must. Jeez. It had to have been like a a gag gift. <laughs> but I again, like there, <laughs> it, it, oh it's just goodness. bizarre. Like I'm uh, <laughs> having the kids present to be like, "No, no, what is it?" And we're like, yeah. "Never mind." Next bag. <laughs> It wasn't there. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a lightsaber from Star Wars. <laughs> that's exactly. That's exactly yeah. it. Yeah. That's that. Okay. That's gonna top the list of everything yeah. I've ever. Yeah. Well, and then we're we're having these conversations, and I'm like, I'm sure it was just a gag. Gift. Well, and our friend was it Rebecca? Yeah. <laughs> it was like nobody got that for a gag. Gift. I hear those things are expensive. And she was like. <laughs> It's one thing to buy a gag gift, but you don't buy the lube with the yeah. gag gift. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay. We're all oh, to, like, right. Figure this out. Anyway, that really lightened the uh, mood for the garbage sorting. So. No yeah, kidding. Sure. I'm so glad I asked that question. I didn't expect <laughs> that. <answer. laughs> so, so with with all the sorting of the garbage you did, um, do you guys know? Do you have a count of like how many actually bags of trash and stuff that you actually collected through this whole ordeal? Well, um, we're not actually done that portion. So we have oh a gosh. giant greenhouse in our backyard. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And so what, you know, the intention was to weigh it. Yeah. Like, which we still are doing, but yeah. our friend's going to bring a giant trailer and then we'll load it up and then weigh in at the, the garbage. Yeah. Um, I mean, it won't be super accurate because all of the plastic plastic um, is sent off to TerraCycle. Mm -hmm to be recycled and reused um but it'll it'll give us a a good i mean there is probably honestly 30 giant giant garbage bags just full of beer cans wow. yeah like insane so i mean roughly how, how many beer cans would that be 
we're trying to estimate it so that we can take it back to the to the yeah uh, i I would honestly there's probably 250 in a in a bag and then there's how many of those there's a lot like i can't even wrap my head around yeah and i don't and most of those are stomped so like who knows it it's insane so i mean that would be about 7500 throughout throughout Huron County. Uh, there's yeah, that uh, seems to be a pastime. Um, yeah, yeah. So that was and regionally the brands differ, which was interesting yeah. for Huron County. You know where you are by mm-hmm. what's on the for what's sure. I guess also, I, what I want to bring up next, Pete, is your Boston Marathon qualifier, and and how? Yeah, I just want to bring that up, and so. You achieved that at the Muskoka Marathon last year, which is a phenomenal achievement. So what was your time? How did you train for it? And yeah, just tell us all about it. Honestly, you know what? I had sort of like, I had carried on um, (laughs) the dirty habits I had from volume running um, based off that project. So this year was sort of like, or this past year, I just kept running a half marathon a day. And sometimes I would take a Sunday off if I thought my body needed it. Um, So with no real anything in mind, because at that point, we didn't know what was going to happen. There was really a lot of uncertainty, even up till um, this summer. Like, I think it was in late May, they were like, okay, at the end of June, you can have this many people together outside. So not ideal if you're a race director or you're trying to, you know what I mean? Like at that point, you would have pretty much canceled your season. Um, like as far as most of the races were, some of the September races were like, you know what, we're going to, we're going to roll with it. Um, and I think locally, like that damn hell in London was one that they were doing a 24 hour, hundred K um, half marathon, marathon, and then five and tens, right? Um, plus relay. Um, but I was like, you know, I, I still at that point, I was like, I don't really know what's going on. So um, I, w- I noticed there, one of my friends, uh, Phil Dalton, he was like, I got into Muskoka Marathon. So I was like, amazing. And he was like, go and look. So I registered. And then it wasn't really registration, though. So they had a small number of people that they were going to bring in and then they were going to watch the situation closely and they so mine was basically a wait list if the um the health unit up in that area gave the green, gave light. The green light they were gonna they were gonna add how, however many people so at that point they said we will make a decision either way um what was it labor day weekend so labor day Monday, I got in and and it was was six weeks from then. So I was like, oh, okay. So I need two weeks to taper and basically (laughs) four weeks, a four week, as much as I can get in. Right. So I had a lot of volume running up to that point, uh, knowing that my time on legs would give me a chance to do, you know, a strategic four week training block if I needed to. And that's what I did. So 
at that point, I just sort of uh, coasted in. Um, my friend was just like, just do it. Like, just go for a long run. Like my, basically my 30 and above K runs were well in the wheelhouse of, of my qualifying time. So I just sort of, I did a few speed sessions, a uh, few workouts and just sort of rolled with it. But the, it's, it's weird because in my head, I was like, you know, I definitely want to go sub three hour on, uh, on this run, but it also comes to the point where you're like, or I could just sort of call it, not call it in, but you know what I mean? Like you not get risk, there, get what you need. Yeah, yeah. Not risk getting zero. Yeah. Um, and to me, that was just more important. So yeah. What he said to me was, I just wanted to do, have a good run, get my qualifier and then be able to run the next day. <laughs> right. But that's totally like, for me, that's, that would have been a win to get what I need. Um, and to be able to run because if you can run the next day, I mean, obviously there, are, you, you can take a few days off and stuff, but to me, it was not about getting the time. It was about getting my fitness to a level where I could feel amazing the next day and, you know, sort of celebrate the testament to my fitness with a run the next day after qualifying. And that to me was more important. That's so amazing. And yeah, I, I can fully relate to that. Um, I know with my marathon and ultra marathon and to see the progression over the years, it's, it's so, it's a really nice testament to know that you can do a long run, a marathon or more one day and feel good the next day mm -hmm. and have that fitness level. So I can fully appreciate your perspective there. So what was your time, Pete? Uh, 308. Which is phenomenal. That's, that's a really impressive time. So congratulations on that. Thank you very, it, it was my pleasure. <laughs> um, honestly, you know, it's the one thing about volume running, I will say, and that I've learned is that, you know, in running, I think there's a lot of really great concepts. Um, the sport itself isn't, you know, it doesn't have an insane history, but it's got a lot of rules for the amount of history that it does, right? And I think we all, um, you know, we all have sort of these limits built into us by like, this is a lot. And then you get to a point where you're like, well, that's not really a lot. You know what I mean? Like 80K is a lot now and, and so on and so forth. But like we, we put ourselves in these positions where we have boundaries that we set up and sort of, you know, um, nourish in, in the way that's it's not healthy. Like I think there are a lot of rules in running that are based on someone else listening to their body rather than mm -hmm. you listening to yours. So I think when you can break outside some of these safely and again, listening to your body, I think it, it will surprise you. Like the, the adage that your mind will quit before your body ever does is so true. And I think we tell ourselves a lot of things in running and in life that maybe aren't so, but are sort of bred into us um, through sort of culture and society. So I think 
when you can break, break through some of those things and see it in, in real time um, unfold, it's pretty special. Most definitely. I couldn't agree more with that. Uh, I know that two plus years into my running journey, I've only been running for three and a half years and I set out to attempt a 100k ultramarathon. Some people were telling me this isn't safe, Russell. It's beyond your limits right now. And other people were trying to put that in my brain, um, but I refused to believe it myself. And creating your own journey is so critical. And so what I'd like to uh, bring up next is Heidi, your December 100K debut at the freight train race in Farmville, Virginia. Yeah. You had an incredibly... Last New Year's, I guess I, I signed up for a virtual race series with um, Peak Run Performance. And so it was like a 25K in um, March, and then I think like a 50K in June, and an 80K in uh, September, and then December was the 100K. That was how it kind of all rolled out. So essentially, I was just like, okay, well, I'm going to when I signed up, I figured I would kind of line up in-person races with the virtual series. However, that didn't really work out with COVID, but the 100K did. So um, I just searched where we could drive and do 100K because I was we were still like uncertain about, you know, the travel restrictions. That was the least kind of risky move. So we found this one in this cute little town called Farmville, Virginia. I think it was like a 13 hour drive, um, but it was like pretty reasonable. Um, so yeah, like as far as training, like that whole series, it was kind of a build. And uh, so it was, that, that part was easy, really. Like I felt really good. Um, I did, uh, actually I sent this uh, to you. We were talking about the fundraiser last night, but I did an 80K or 50 miler. Um, as a fundraiser in September and um, on a trail near here that had some like elevation and whatnot. And I felt pretty good after that. Like I knew after that, I totally had a hundred K in me. And so that was kind of motivating and, and kind of back to what we were talking about. You know, you have these runs and you're like, oh, okay, well I can safely do this. So this is definitely within reach and I feel comfortable. So once I, once I had that in my mind, I kind of just, went for it and uh yeah it was a lot of fun paced me so that was uh that was it was an advantage I think I don't know they say you shouldn't have friends or <laughs> or spouses be amazing <laughs> for you but um I can say that uh yeah it worked out pretty well in our case um we didn't know anybody else there uh but we met some people as you do in uh, this kind of community and it was just a really good run like the weather was good the temperature was pretty mild and um it did kind of turn at the end but it uh it was as good as you could get for december i would say within 
a drive from Ontario. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, my like I was really happy. I planned out a friend of ours, um, Alexander Redan, helped me plan out my nutrition plan. And uh, we had that like totally dialed in of no, no issues at all. And um, had a bit, bit of a low point, I would say like 60, 70 K in and Pete helped me get that sorted out. And then we were like, we had like a good run together for, I would say like 20 K and uh, hammered it out. So yeah, it was I felt good at the end. I was ready to be done, but I uh, felt good at the end and uh, I was pretty happy uh, to accomplish it. And also I I had a pretty reasonable goal time set out for 12 hours. And um, I think it was around 11 and a half that I made it in. So I was like pretty, pretty pumped about that and still to feel good. Um, yeah, it was pretty encouraging. That is an absolutely amazing 100k time. Yeah, 11 and a half hours, and it sounds like you you didn't have any major lows. I know, for example, in my first 100k, mm -hmm. uh, I, I always like to mention how at 80k I was feeling the most vulnerable I'd ever felt in my life, mm -hmm. and without the support of my family. Um, I can't guarantee that I would have made it through that first 100K. Yeah. But it, it sounds like your experience, you, you had a bit of a low, you said at 60 or 70K, and with Pete's support, you were able to make it through that quite, quite seamlessly. Yeah. Well, I think the funny thing is, like, I had, I'd been to a couple of aid stations. So uh, the one prior to the spot where I was jumping in with Heidi, um, I was waiting for Heidi to get there and this gal rolled in and um, one of the guys is like, that's third place right there. So I was like, oh, okay. And then as soon as Heidi rolled in, I was like, oh, okay. So it changed the dynamic of how we were going to do the next part together, but I didn't talk to Heidi about that. I just sort of, we, we rolled in and I jumped in and I was like, okay, let's, we're gonna pick up the pace a little bit here. Um, <laughs> And As Heidi, it, was, it was like sideways raining and I'm like, yeah, I don't want to pick up the pace. <laughs> it wasn't, it wasn't ideal, but um, I just wanted to see how close, because we were heading to the out and then back yeah. Part, so, part. Yeah. There was like a center. So it was like an out and back and then an out and back. So again. both ways, so, right? Yeah. So we were heading to the final out and then to turn around. Um, so this would have been almost at the 75 K point but i pushed it a little um with heidi just because i wanted to see how close we were and the girl's face said it all to me we passed and she was like oh heidi amazing <laughs> i was and, chatting with her earlier yeah and i was like <laughs> it's, this party's over like as soon as we get to um the end um i was like okay we have to pick it up we have to run faster for um 10k and that's it so Heidi just sort of was like, just went with it. And um, at that point I could see it was starting to get dark and they, her pacer had a headlamp on. And so I could see it turn around every three, you know, <laughs> I was like, it's falling apart up there. You know what I mean? Like they're worried about it. And as soon as we passed them, 
we were moving to like Heidi's Heidi at that point was almost 80 K in, and we were probably doing four forties, uh, per kilometer at that point. Right. So I was pushing it a bit because I thought, you know what, if we can just get a little bit of a gap. And as soon as we passed her, she started walking the gal and I was like, okay. So we ran for another maybe 10 minutes and then I dropped the hammer and ran back to the car and then grabbed all the stuff and brought it right onto the trail. So we sort of, um, swapped out nutrition, got her a new shirt, did all of that. And then I just sat there in time to see how much of a lead Heidi had and then texted her so that she could dial it back. And then by the time I made it to the next aid station, she was probably a half hour ahead at that point. Yeah. And only had five. <laughs> and I'm just like, how far? Cause I can't run any faster yeah. for any longer. He's like, well, you better just keep going. <laughs> it was just like okay I did dial it back a little bit no, but sure. uh, at the same time my tiny bit of a competitive brain was like there is no way I'm getting fourth place yeah, at this at point. That point. <laughs> yeah. so, so let me get this straight from 80k to 95k you put a half hour lead on her absolutely which is over that's two minutes per kilometer Faster. Which is funny because that at the end the whole of thing. the ultra marathon, and you were running four forty kilometers. I, do, at, I, I don't know what it was. That was is absolutely <laughs> phenomenal. Yeah, I I've never heard. I mean, I I I have one friend, Kip, who who he's achieved phenomenal yeah. things. He he has the course record at the Halliburton Forest Ultra, yeah. and. <laughs> Uh, he, yeah, he, he runs very consistently, uh, like just at pace wise, and he yeah. pulls off splits that are incredible at like stages. He ran a hundred miles in 1536. So, I mean, this is like only the second time I've heard of splits like this, that late in an ultra, yeah. which is such a phenomenal achievement and clearly speaks to your incredible fitness Heidi to be able to <laughs> run kilometers at that pace that late well yeah. I think and this is Heidi is like capable of so much there's no question and I know how conservative she was just because I think the the biggest thing other than blowing up is the fear of blowing up right like it's the I think th there's a bigger fear of blowing up than actually when you're blowing up mm -hmm. um, and that carries some weight. Like I, I know easy for me because I jump in for 30 K. Right. But it's like, it's, it's one of those things that I was like, she's done the work. There's no question. Like all of it's there, but, um, you know, I think the most impressive part is like, again, where your mind goes when you're like, mm -hmm. you're pushing your body, but your body's responding, you're working together. Right. And I think that is the biggest case of just not only Heidi's fitness, but, um, her capable, you know, sort of attitude, um, when, you know, your body's in sort of a duress. Yeah. And I, I think that's a lot of it, especially, I mean, there's a lot of 
really successful ultra runners and when you listen to their interviews and you just see them their demeanor like there has to be like this almost crazy level of positivity built into you otherwise you're you're just never gonna do it you're never gonna get there because you have to be able to talk yourself into it right like okay girl you got this like let's go and if you can't your mind just will win every time like it, it just you're done so it uh convincing yourself that yeah. doing hard things yeah is possible it, it's is true like the buy-in is the buy-in right uh, yeah. yeah it's true and i think it doesn't matter what type of runner you are any sort of athlete i think you need the same ability i i told my our daughter's run coach she's she tells her like you need you can do hard things like you can and it was funny like i could hear that in my head i was like okay all right yeah i can do hard things and you do so i don't know it's a it's pretty cool i think that's just part of the challenge for yourself and the betterment of yourself and in wanting to encourage people around you to have that same experience um is kind of the community that that we love and, and love to be part of and um, where we can contribute to that, like we're all for it. Perfect. I think th there's two things I want to I want to bring up here first, I think is, you know, Pete, you had mentioned, you know, the fear of blowing up, you know, prior to it even happening, like, you know, that can definitely make you go through some head games and maybe make you be a little bit more reserved in your pace and, and things like that. How much does you know, trusting your training and your ability come to play in that point to kind of avoid yourself from not actually, you know, reaching your potential on the trails. Yeah, I mean, I think it's different for everyone. I, I know personally for me, like you get to, um, when you do volume running and you're training in the ways that I was utilizing my, my sort of runs, um, I know my body and I know when I'm redlining and where I'm pushing. And I also know that, you know, the coast zone where I could just go forever. So I think it's just that fine tuning, like being able to rev it up and dial it back all in the same, but keep consistent pacing too. It's like, it's just knowing, um, it is all those things though, as well, like buying into your training, believing that you, your body has mm -hmm. the fitness. Um, you know, there is, it's funny because road running and, um, trail running are two absolutely different things. Like you are literally trying it's, it's a calorie thing with road running where you're like, you're trying to get across the finish line before you go brain dead. And before you go into a cal calorie deficit and you pretty much have a diabetic um, reaction, right? So I think that is like trusting that you're not going to the well too early. You're not like, there, there are so many variables in that. Um, and I, I personally think there's a lot more room for mistake in road running than there is for distance running um, or ultra running rather. Um, it, was, it was that way for me personally. I find it more of a challenge to go faster than I do further right now in my life, but there will be a time where I don't, <laughs> I, you know, I think the funny thing is like, there's all of these 
people that have grown up doing track. And I, that blows my mind because, I mean, these guys were laying down the fastest times that I just, I can't even imagine running. But I mean, you've also sort of peaked at 29. So your fastest days are behind you. You know what I mean? You're trying to stretch out the distance, which is all we're doing in ultra running, really, at the end of the day is like, I might not be able to go faster, but I can go further. And those mindsets are helpful in continuing um, running as far as it being a part of your life. Um, the, the one thing I will, I will say is like, I'm not in a, in a spot where I've beat up my body for how many years doing track. And luckily I haven't had to deal with injury um, on, on those levels. Right. So for me, I'm still hitting some of these fast times, which is great, but I can't imagine, you know, coming up through high school, university, and, you know, stretching the distance out to maybe a 10K, but rocking those 10K in like 30 minutes, 29, like it's, it's insane. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I think it's, definitely trusting, trusting your body, but like you really, the one thing that changed my life completely as far as running goes was doing volume because I used to, I remember I used to get so beat up by doing tempo workouts because my body just couldn't handle it. Like there, it just wasn't, it wasn't built for it in the way that when you do volume running, you have the time on legs, you naturally get faster then you mix tempo in with that and your body has adjusted just by repetition. It's sort of like the outliers theory. Um, it's hours, time on legs. It's like, it's everything. I mean, forum's really great too. All of those, <laughs> all of those, those things, like they matter, but I, I don't think there's anything better than getting out there and running. Like just you know, running is scary too. Like the community, when you're an outsider trying to start, there's this thing that's like, well, I'm not really a runner. I mean, like, I don't run like you run. It's like, yeah. of course you don't, because I run the way I run. And that's what <laughs> makes me and my runs. I it, it makes me uncomfortable when people say that though, like mm -hmm. that they're less of a runner for me because I'm running faster or, or farther. Like none of that matters. Like if you were getting enjoyment out of a 15 minute run, you're a runner. Like, that's what it's about. Like, it's about feeling good and making other people feel good when you see them. Mm -hmm. Like, it's, it's, it's incredibly intimidating, though, because I remember being there in that spot where you're like, I'm not a part of this community. And like, it, it, you know, you, you sort of ran at night when no one was around <laughs> and you didn't tell your friends, <laughs> you know, all of those weird things, right? Like, I come from a bartending background where it's like, I didn't, I literally was like a closet runner for <laughs> yeah. three years because I didn't want any of my friends to know. Yeah, I guess not many people going to the bar are probably going to be runners anyways, but it's funny. I, I just had that conversation with somebody too saying, oh, I'm not a runner like you. I'm like, 
well, you're still running. You're getting out there. You're a runner. It doesn't yeah, matter, right? Exactly it's the exact it. same conversation. Yeah. And I think, yeah. like you said, we've all been there too. So it's pretty interesting yeah. to get that perspective from you. The other thing I wanted to bring up was, I don't know if you guys have ever considered this, but I would read your book on how to be a pacer. Just hearing what the dynamic between you two guys <laughs> yeah. on that race and, and hauling butt to the car to bring the stuff back to the trail. Yeah. Amazing, amazing teamwork there. That was that was really awesome. So yeah. good on you there. Yeah, you should, you should consider that, seriously. <laughs> True. A lot of experience between the two of you. So I know we're kind of getting near the end of our time, but I don't want to, I don't want to end our conversation without talking about um, Inherit the Earth and and um all about that initiative and that company there and, and your pretty sweet hat there and some of the gear you have so why don't you tell us all about that yeah well i we kind of like covered on kind of how it was born a little bit like it, it kind of initiative came from um the, the cleanup and the pandemic and you know the entertainment industry for us being on hold for a period of time and Pete kind of had this dream in his head about starting you know some sort of um running apparel company we're like hey this would be a great time to do it and to kind of incorporate um what we've been doing and kind of the mindset that we we're on with the, you know, just the environmental aspect of it. And also the community part of it was really important to us as well. So um, yeah, we started at the end of 2020 yeah. and um, actually had some product to put out and we've been adding pieces here and there. And uh, we've got some athletes on board and ambassadors and uh, we've been working with Huron University um in, in terms of a scholarship program to to go towards their environmental stewardship program which i think is starting now -ish. Yeah. yeah january um i think it launched yeah. um so you know it, while while we're kind of learning we're trying to figure out you know ways that we can kind of integrate the community and the environmental piece as well while we kind of figure out the needs of you know runners that's the other thing like you know we want to be in the community talking to people that have worn our products and we want to hear what they like what they don't like and kind of make changes that we know actually work like when when the runners are out there when you're on the trails when you're on the road when you're on the track like what do you want to see what what do you wish you had that you don't have in the products that you have so it's kind of you know, we're learning every day and we're kind of creating. Um, but yeah, it, it's been a lot of fun. Like it, it, it does take a lot of trial and error um, and just room for kind of growth. It, it, nothing is perfect, right? You kind of have to like be of that mindset that you're going to adapt and change and, and, and be willing to take the advice because I like things different than pete likes things in, yeah, in our mean, products right so trying to like appeal to the masses is really hard so I, it's it's so subjective um and we're talking about a niche sport with then niche in the niche so yeah <laughs> it's like a certain amount like when i first started running i like i said i was i was a closet runner and I remember thinking, I really like running, but I will never wear short shorts. That is just like, it's off the table, it is not <laughs> happening. And I just, I can't get enough of them now. Like they're just, they're the greatest <laughs> thing. 
but <laughs> that's not for everyone either. Right. So there's like, it is so subjective. Um, and the funny thing is just really connecting, uh, like Heidi said, connecting with, um, our athletes and getting feedback. Um, you know, one of our athletes, Mike Tate is just a world-class runner. Like he is phenomenal. He's heading to, um, Brazil, um, at the end of the month for the Pan Am, um, cross country. Um, he was selected by the uh, Canadian team, phenomenal runner, but he is like, you know, he's in at, at the ground level with, um, with all the track guys, like he, he knows what's going on in, in that world. And he's so helpful, um, with product because like I said, I, I could, I could wear what I want all day. <laughs> and, you know, at some point I think I started, um, we, we started this brand just in search of the perfect pair of shorts, yeah. which all runners <laughs> are chronically it's like the elusive. Um, yeah, totally. <laughs> These ones are great, but if they, there's always a but, yeah. right? Like it's just one of those things. But I think we're we're well on our way um, as far as the learning curve goes, but there's always something new and it's constantly updating and there's, it's competitive for, for niche, right? So, you know, we're, we're a Canadian brand. We're a local brand. Um, our our good friends at um, Runner's Choice Waterloo are huge champions of what we do, and we're the first to carry us and have really helped us, um, you know, sort of understanding the things that we don't understand about what our competitors are doing, and you know, they they push our product, and we've we've been really lucky to have um, a community around us that sort of champion the whole idea and and all of the uh the brand so yeah it's great that's, that's all amazing i i'd like to specifically comment on how your company is having an impact on this environmental sustainability program uh for which university was it again it it's here on um college and that's an affiliate of west university of western ontario so that's excellent. That's that that right there shows the tremendous impact that your company is having uh, on obviously an academic standpoint, but as well as obviously the community. And it's it's great to hear that you're 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 well supported uh, by the community and what is such a phenomenal brand. So I suppose to, just to wrap things up because we've. We've been on for an hour. Um, so how can we find you both on social media? How can we find Inherit the Earth on social media? Um, um, yeah. In, Inherit the Earth, um, running apparel on Facebook and um, Inherit the Earth or ITE apparel um, on Instagram. And then www.ite um, ITE running. Yeah. Com. yeah sorry. <laughs> It's like I never go there. Yeah, I mean, but. I was actually thinking that too. That's weird. It's on my phone. We don't it's have just, to. Yeah. It is what it is. Yeah. yeah. So, oh, I was just trying to think of my um, Instagram handle. I set my personal one. I think it's yeah. uh, running after kids. Running after kids, but there's some underscores in there. Just search up Heidi Meads. You'll find me there. Peter's the same. Yeah. You are, but uh, I don't know what your handle is. 
We're awful at this. I, I, it's a, I'll help you out here. I got it in front of me. It's IT okay. underscore run crew underscore runner. Yeah. That's right. I'll, yeah, I'll right. put all that stuff in the show notes so people can just Amazing. click on it. And find it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. We're, We're so great. We're so great. Yeah. So great. <laughs> My handle's easy. Russell the runner. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> Your handles have a bunch of underscores. <laughs> Is there no other Russell the Runners? Like, come on. That's no. Amazing. Oh <laughs> Not lucky. That is kind of crazy. <laughs> I did search for things that were easier. Nothing. But anyway, yes, that's great. Well, thank you so much for having us. Absolutely, guys. Um, it's awesome to meet you both in uh, virtual space. But yeah, hopefully we can do this in person sometime. And anytime you're up in here on County, we'll take you out on the trails. For sure. That would be amazing. Yeah, definitely. Yes, that will that will happen at some point for sure. Absolutely. Awesome. Yeah, well, we've thoroughly enjoyed ourselves and, and talked with you and having some laughs. So thanks again so much. And uh, we got one last thing to say to you. I'll let uh, Russell close this out here, buddy. <laughs> so that last thing to say would be run wild. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> And that's a wrap on another great episode of Trail Tales ARP, a running podcast. Thanks so much, everybody, for your continued support and always listening to the show and, and investing your time and energy uh, with me here. Really do appreciate it. If you want more Trail Tales ARP or if you want to help support our show, uh, please subscribe to us on any podcast uh, player that you listen to. Leave us a review, rate us, follow us on Instagram. Uh, send the show an email, trailtalesarp at gmail.com, and tell your friends we'd really appreciate it. Run wild, everybody. We'll catch you next week.